Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm the L of the House of L podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me. It's appreciated. Football season is on the way. We will definitely be doing a lot of the same stuff that we ordinarily do on this podcast during football season. So there'll be a pod Sunday night, usually after I finish my responsibilities for the score and doing my like two minute video to let you know like what was important. We'll, we will be going more in depth here on House of L before I get the microphone again at the score at 10 o'clock the next morning, which is part of the reason that I wanted to do this pod because I've been gone for really only a week. Like if it's felt longer because of the holiday, but I've only been gone for a week and it, it was vacation. Like it was a planned vacation, but there was some like complicating stuff that, I did want to talk about a little bit before. I also, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know where I usually like to do a pod just so I can get my voice ready to go back on the air again. As strange as it may sound, you do have to do some sort of prep to to get your voice right before you do a four-hour show or else you'll end up straining your vocal cords and all that stuff. And I... I should have had warm water before I sat down and talked with you. I made the mistake that a lot of broadcasters make. It's summertime, so I'm, I like to throw a little lemon in my water, a little ice, you know, all that good stuff. But here's a little tip from me to you. If you're thinking about doing this full time, one of the ways that you can take care of your voice is with room temperature or warm liquid. So I finally found a tea that I think I can jam on we usually do Starbucks like a couple times a week on the show. Like Mitch will pay for it or Porth will pay for it or I'll pay for it. And I like the green matcha lemonade. Like that's like my favorite thing. But Ray was like, have you tried the medicine ball? And I'm like, no, what's that? And it's like honey and lemon and all this good stuff that I really like. Unfortunately, it has mint in it, so I always end up getting acid reflux later, but usually it it does the job as far as the things that I need to get through a show. So let me tell you about what's been going on. I have been on vacation. It has been a top-notch staycation. That wasn't the original plan. The original plan was to go to my beloved Montreal for a few days But before the Vegas trip, I went to Denver for a weekend. Before the show went to Vegas, I went to Denver for a weekend. I'll never go back to Denver again. And I know I probably have listeners who listen in Denver. I really hate your airport, and I kind of hate your city. And I had felt that way the first time that I went 
to Denver a few years ago, and I was like, maybe I'm not being fair to Denver. And I went back this time, and I was like, no, nah, I'm I'm being very fair to Denver, and I won't be going there again. The sad part is, is that I love Boulder. Love it. And obviously now, with all the stuff that Deion Sanders is doing, Boulder has become, like, the place to be during college football season and, and beyond. Like, it's a great city. People love Boulder, and it's very expensive to live there. So I might have to just cross it off the list because unless I get the private jet like Deion Sanders that can land me in Boulder, I don't want to ever go through that airport in Denver ever again. And you know what's funny? I was talking to Layla about this because she like knew all this stuff about the Denver airport. And she's like, have you ever – like gone down the rabbit hole of all of the different conspiracies about the Denver airport. And I was like, what are you talking about? So she sent me a link and I was like, Oh my God, like all this do I'm, if you would like to know some of the crazy stuff about like the Denver airport is 28 miles away from downtown Denver, 28 miles. What's O'Hare 14 midways, like six, and I get the traffic makes it feel longer than that. 28 miles, fam. But there's all sorts of stuff about why it's located, where it's located, and is it on, like, a native burial ground, and there's this statue of a horse, and the horse people think is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's satanic, and it killed the person who made the horse because it fell on him and cut, off like one of his arteries and he bled out just do it do the same deep dive i did just be like denver airport conspiracies and you will enjoy some of the stuff that has been written there's like people think there's nazi propaganda on the walls like there's a whole bunch of stuff my issue with the airport is a little bit more practical i don't think it's very well run but that's neither here nor there other than me getting the hell out of denver um, I went to Boulder. I probably should have waited a day because I do have sickle cell trait. And sometimes when you do altitude with sickle cell trait, you can put yourself in danger. Like that's what happened to Ryan Clark. Like Ryan Clark had to have his spleen. Was his gallbladder too? I think it, I know it was his spleen removed when he got altitude sickness in Denver when the Steelers were playing there. So you have to be careful. So I went hiking in Boulder, and it was great. I found this waterfall. It's pretty easy to find, um, but it was it was so beautiful and, like, breathtaking. And there's this rock right across from it that's basically shaped like a, a chair. So I was able to just sit down and enjoy nature, which was the whole point of the trip. Like, I was going to enjoy Boulder and then go see the White Sox and the Rockies play. After I, I finished hiking, and, you know, Boulder's a little, I think the elevation is a little bit higher, and then you're doing something strenuous. Like, I didn't feel great. I stopped in this cafe in Boulder, had a wonderful breakfast, and I will say the guy at the place made me laugh because he, every time he came up to me, he seemed really nervous, and I thought that he was nervous because I was starting to show signs of altitude sickness. Like, I was gulping down coke because i was so tired coca-cola by the way um and i was trying to like get myself right so i could make the drive back to denver 
And at the end of the meal, he, I was like, oh, you know, can I have the bill, please? And, and he's like, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, sure. He's like, are you Jordan Peele? And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, no. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I'm sure I'm not Jordan Peele. But people, especially now that I'm rocking a beard, people do ask that a lot if I'm Jordan Peele. So that was kind of funny. And that that boosted my spirits enough for me to get in the car and drive back to Denver. The rest of the day, that was, what, a Thursday? No, that was Friday. The rest of that day was all maintenance, man. Like, I went home. You know, I had I had friends that I was going to meet at the game um, at Coors Field, and I was like, there's no way. Even though I was literally staying two blocks away from Coors Field, I slept from, like, noon till 4 and I just felt awful. So, you know, I I checked in with my doctor, and my doctor was like, how long are you going to be there? Because if you're going to be there for seven days, you might be able to overcome this, and you'll get acclimated and whatever. But if you're not going to be there long, like, you need to leave. And I was like, okay, or you're going to suffer. And I was like, I'm not down for suffering on what was supposed to be, like, a fun weekend off. So I I made it back to Chicago and I felt like it was just great to, like, get back on, what are we, at like, 600 feet elevation or whatever. It felt good to get back, and I kind of slept through Saturday and Sunday. Um, but like a lot of people, if if you've got something going on, a chronic thing that's going on with you that ha- has to do with, you know, your your – body's ability to fight stuff off then sometimes it can get triggered so i have crohn's it's an immune immuno disease so my basically for those of you who don't know i'm making this very simple and i know there's probably a gastro that's listening it's like i can explain it in a better way but i'm not a gastro i'm just someone who's been dealing with this for 30 years basically my immune system attacks my digestive system and for the most part i've been very lucky i've had two surgeries um the last one was in 2012 and I've outlived what the lifespan of that surgery was. They thought I would probably have to come back in five years later, and now it's 11 years later. And so far, I haven't had to go back in, knocking on wood. Um, so I was just messed up. Like my, I went into what's called flare, and anyone who's got, who's immunocompromised, you know, whether you're dealing with Crohn's or any sort of IBS or lupus, like you, arthritis, like you understand what I'm talking about where, like, your body just doesn't want to cooperate. So I did the the shows from home Monday and Tuesday because, I was like, I need to be I need to be close to home base. <laughs> and it's fine. Like, the technology's there. I think it sounds okay for the most part. Dan was cool with it. And then you know, Mitch and I had a conversation about whether or not I should go to Vegas. And I was like, I should probably not go to Vegas. I feel like that would be a terrible idea. But I had this trip on the back end of Vegas. I was going to go to Vegas, and then I was going to go to Phoenix after we finished our show on Friday. So I kind of I lost like 10 pounds or whatever from like Friday to Wednesday because I didn't really eat. Like I didn't want to eat anything. I just wanted to sleep. Um, I just wanted to drink enough fluids to, you know, stay alive and mobile and all that good stuff. Um 
Wednesday, I actually started to feel better. I went in, like all three of us were in the studio because they were leaving for Vegas right after that. I went in and did the show, and it was the first time that I was like hungry in five days. And I went to, there's a um, breakfast place called Wildberry in our building. And it's very rare that I get a chance to go because, you know, show's on over at 2 o'clock and you might not be in the mood for breakfast food. I like max breakfast. I was like, oh, this is a great sign that I am feeling better. But I was still, like, tired. And Mitch was like, don't, he's like, don't get on the plane, man. Like, it's not worth it. Do the shows from home. So I did Thursday and Friday from home. But I still had this trip to Arizona. So I felt good enough on Friday because I wasn't doing anything in Arizona. I was just going. Like, I wasn't working or anything. So I went, and it was cool. It was really hot, honestly. Um, But the trip itself was cool, and I was able to relax and all that good stuff. But I figured I didn't want to test it. Oh, I'm, I'm leaving out a really important part. So I'm on the flight to Phoenix, and I'm sitting in an exit row. And I'm like, ah, I got some space. I can stretch out. Like, this won't be terribly uncomfortable for this, you know, three-hour and 20-minute flight or whatever. The last person on the plane, like, sits in the seat, in the middle seat, in the exit row. And I'm looking at this dude, and I'm like, I know this dude. But it's Chicago, so I could know this dude from anywhere. He, We went to St. Thaddeus together. We played Jackie Robinson West together. He's one of my brother's friends from Mendel. You know, I know him from DePaul. Like, there's so many different things that when I see people, I'm like, I, I'm sure I'm connected to this dude, but until I figure out how I'm connected to this dude, I'm not going to say anything. And then I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I, I know this dude. I know this dude. And um, I realized, I was like, that's Money B from Digital Underground. And if you're like, wait, who's Money B? And he's this guy. Uh-huh. See, we was made for Michelo, but it's a Monday, Monday. So just let me hit it, yo. And don't mistake my statement for a clown. We can keep it on the down low long as you know that I get around. So anyway, I'm sitting there next to Money B. And I'm like, I know it's Money B now. Like, in my mind... But I'm I'm not gonna say anything because one I don't want to blow up his spot and two I'm I'm like ninety five percent sure, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. We I see him because you're like right next to each other even in the exit row seats. I see him like looking at video like he had clearly done like a concert like Thursday night or Wednesday night and he was looking at that and I was like yeah this is Money B. And then he had some pictures that he was looking at um, of Shock G. And I was like, yeah, 100% Money B. So I went on and did my thing and was watching Black Mirror, which, by the way, I I don't know who I'm going to need to get on, but I need to talk to somebody about season six of Black Mirror. It It was real interesting watching that on the flight. So we get off the flight, and I... You know, because he was sitting next to me. He was in front of me as we were getting off the plane. You know how planes work. Um, And I stopped when I got off the plane. I said, yo, Money B, my name is Lawrence. I've been a fan for 30 years, man. I just wanted to thank you for the art, and I'm sorry about shock. 
And he turned around and he was like, yo, man, appreciate that. Like tomorrow's Shock's birthday. We're doing a, a big concert in Oakland. And it was really, really cool. And then he said, yo, I was, <laughs> I was watching your screen. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you were watching that show. And I knew how it ended. He's like, that ending was wild, right? And I'm not going to spoil it for y'all, but just know that there's a lot of wild stuff that happened in season six of Black Mirror. So we talked about that for a little bit. And it's a plane from Chicago. So, you know, it's, I guess this is technically a humble brag. This guy gets off the plane like a couple minutes later. And he tapped me on the shoulder, and he's like, Lawrence, I love the show, man. And I was like, man, thank you. Appreciate you listening. You know, we do our best, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Money B was like, who are you? And I was like, I'm a dude with a radio show. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I thanked him, and I dapped him, and, and then I went on my way. But, yeah, that was kind of wild. Like, I figured it out this weekend. I was thinking about it real hard because I'm on vacation, so you get a chance to – Think about things. I have now met three people who really knew Tupac. I mean, maybe four. I like I don't know how well Fife knew Tupac, but I met Suge in a, in the Las Vegas airport. One of Tupac's producers. I almost bought his house a couple years ago, and he. When I walked in, he had, like, all of the gold and platinum albums on the wall. And I was like, why do you have this? And he's like, because I produced these. And I was like, oh. And now Money B, you know. Tupac used to be a backup dancer for Digital Underground. You know, He put Shock G and Money B on I Get Around, as you heard. Um, so it was wild to think that. Like, thinking about that in the context of it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop and like, I, I was going through, like, the in my mind, like, the Rolodex of people that I've had the opportunity to meet. Like, meeting Money B was really cool because it was completely, like, out of the out of the norm, you know? And it was just, like, a totally chill conversation with this dude. When I met Suge Knight, it was when Suge Knight was quite infamous. And basically, Jonathan Hood dared me to go up to Suge Knight. And I was like, he's not going to shoot me here in the airport. And Suge was cool. Um, Fife and I were friends. And, you know, it's still sad. Like, what, seven years later? His passing, like, it's still sad. I've interviewed Common. I did an hour-long interview with Run. Oh, speaking of hip-hop, I missed out on this, and maybe you didn't. So if you've already seen this, like, you're right, I'm totally late because I think this thing debuted two, two, three years ago. But the Beastie Boys story on Apple TV Plus is really good. And it's so strange. And I was telling Dan, like, MCA was always my favorite. And I just liked, like, I loved his voice, you know. Like, I felt like he was always the mature one of the group. And I love his rhyme style and his voice. But after watching this thing, it's like that dude was an incredible musician, a visionary musician, and really, really worked hard to get the Beastie Boys past what License to Ill was. Like them taking chances and 
musically kind of changing up like who they are and I'm such a fan of Paul's boutique and I I got to say Ad Rock and Mike D acted like that album ain't shit that album because it didn't sell that album is an amazing album I think I mean I know that everyone's about their list I think that it's a top 5 hip hop album of all time and I would argue that it's probably a top 25 top 30 album period of all time anyway if you haven't seen it you should check it out it's really really good um and if you're a gen xer you're someone you know what's interesting and it's a good thing i have my own podcast so i can talk about stuff like this when i want what i think is really interesting and i noticed this in college like to me the beastie boys are a gateway drug that are going both ways from like alternative music to hip-hop, where I remember, like, I had a friend named Natalie, you know, lived across the hall, and she was an alternative, like, a grunge alternative. My roommate, Roland, was the same way. Like, he he was kind of this earthy black dude who, you know, played bass and all this stuff. And me and my other roommate, shout-out to Mike Keys. What up, Keys? We were both, like, heavy into hip-hop, and the Beastie Boys were, like, this crazy, like, gateway drug where by then, like, 1993, you know, you're able to talk about their evolution as artists, and you can kind of vibe with people who are maybe a little bit different than you. Um, So I always appreciated that about the Beastie Boys. Like, the Beastie Boys, when I was working at WHFH, 88.5, Flossmore. Um, As a DJ in the afternoons there when I was a junior and senior, I didn't realize because I didn't have this wealth of musical knowledge. Like, my brother is like an encyclopedia when it comes to this stuff because he was DJing in clubs. He had been, my God, by that point, he had been DJing in clubs for six or seven years. Um, So... I didn't realize kind of where stuff came from. And then the format of WHFH 88.5 Flossmore was based on the loop. So we were doing hard rock music. Or rock music slash hard rock music. And this is just as like grunge is starting to kick down the door. It's one of my reasons that Smells Like Teen Spirit to me is like such a powerful record because it was a complete change. Like it knocked down the door, like glam rock, all that shit was over. And that, that song still like puts me on 10, like 30 years later, it puts me on 10. I love that song. But I didn't realize that all the stuff that I loved from License to Ill, I'm sitting there listening, and I'm like, oh, shit, I like Led Zeppelin. Which also means I like blues, which I do, because Led Zeppelin basically stole all their stuff from blues people, including, like, Buddy Guy and stuff. So it helped me work backwards into loving other music 
And that's cool. It's the same thing with a lot of hip-hop back in the 80s and early 90s where the samples are, like, so crazy. Like, now I'm on a kick. Ali Shaheed Muhammad and Q-Tip were geniuses when it came to their samples. And you're like, oh, I love Lonnie Smith because I love A Tribe Called Quest. Or I love Lou Reed, although Lou Reed really, really uh, was harsh when it came to the given tribe permission. So they they didn't make a lot of money because of Lou Reed samples, but whatever, man, it's his masters, whatever. But I kind of felt like he was trying to paint himself as a little bit more progressive than that, and it didn't work out. Any who's old. That was that was like the highlight of it. Like as I'm sitting there on the couch in Denver, trying to get myself together. Like I'm watching this documentary by the Beastie Boys, and it's just great. At some point, we need to do a whole episode on documentaries, um, specifically sports ones. Like Layla and I have been talking about. Maybe this is a show topic, but maybe I end up just doing a pod on it. Because I also watched that Johnny Manziel documentary, and you can't see me, but I'm using air quotes right now. And I'm not even going to waste my time with the Florida one because I know all the you, all it's an Urban Meyer production, so I know all the things that they're going to leave out, and I don't want any part of that. Like that's not that's not interesting to me at all. But shout out to Major Wright. I see that he's in it, and I always enjoy covering Major. He's part of those teams down there. But, yeah, at some point we need to talk about that and and do a whole pod. I know I'm going super long already on this, but I wanted to kind of catch you up on where I'm at and what I'm about. How about we take, like, a quick timeout, and then I'll tell you about, like, the back half of this and what happened in Montreal and getting back to work this week, which I'm very excited about. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. So, I made the decision, even though Montreal is, like, my happy place. I really like it. It's it's so weird that when I went to Montreal after they opened the border back up because, you know, COVID and Canada's rules were really strict, I made it a point to go because I hadn't been. And my parents had been telling me, you need to go. Because they had been, been to Quebec City. They love it. My dad speaks Latin, so he can kind of drift into all sorts of spaces and stuff. And um, I know enough Spanish to be able to figure some stuff out, even in French. 
And I just loved it, and I felt comfortable there. And it was shocking, like, how comfortable I felt in Montreal. It didn't feel the same way in Quebec City, maybe because Quebec City is a little bit more French, maybe even a little bit more European, where Montreal felt like all nations. Like, it just felt like everyone's just hanging out there. And there were enough English speakers there that I was able to have conversations with folks, and I didn't feel like I was imposing. Like, whenever I go to a Latin American country, even though I can, what I like to say is I can speak survival Spanish. Like I can navigate back to wherever it is that I was. I know enough simple phrases, enough choppy Spanish that I can function. But I felt when I was in Montreal that everything was just chill. Um, It's the type of place where if I'm looking for a place to retire, if you're like, hey, where did Lawrence go after he stopped being on the radio? you might want to look for me in Montreal. Like I've literally had conversations with journalist friends of mine who live in Canada about living in Montreal. Like that's how serious, like Montreal is like Phoenix to me where it feels like home, even though it isn't home. You know what I'm saying? But since I wasn't feeling a hundred percent, I mean, I was actually, I was back to a hundred percent by this point, but I didn't want to risk it like with the stress of travel So I did, like, a a really fun staycation. And I I was deliberate about it. Like, I got my rest. Like, don't get me wrong. But one of the things that I always say that I'm going to do on vacation and I don't do enough of is exercise. Like, you're up against it when you're working every day. And I'm usually pretty good about getting to the gym four times a week. But I said, I got all this time. I can do stuff. So I went swimming. I went swimming twice. University of Chicago has this dope-ass, like, Olympic-sized pool. And I realized that my Apple Watch is at least um, water-resistant because it has a, a swim feature. So I, I, I got back into swimming. I did the architectural tour. Like I played softball last Monday. Did the architectural tour because – I was talking with Shane about it. I was like, it's one of those things that we agreed that Chicagoans should do. I think you should do it once a year just to learn about the river, the lake, all the buildings on it. I, I kind of did everything I wanted on my staycation, including rest, eating at places that I love, trying new places. And one of my arguments to myself is I'm like, well, you're not going to go to Montreal. You're just going to stay in Chicago. Like, I live in a world-class city, just like Montreal. There's a lot of stuff to do here, so I did it, and it was great. I'm excited to get back to work, though, but I got to tell you, I am glad that I have been gone during this period. I am not going to inundate you with all sorts of stuff about the White Sox because I'm still real chill right now, and I don't. I don't need to break up my chill too much before I get back into the score studios. But they, between the shooting and the reporting on the shooting at the ballpark and the White Sox not stopping the game, even though they have no idea where the shots came from, but they did stop that Vanilla Ice concert. Technical difficulties. I'm also using air quotes. Between that and then the hiring of Chris Getz, like it just hearing the the concept that 
oh, well, MLB, like, gave us a pass because we've hired minority people before. So they were like, go ahead and, and, and hire a white guy if you want. Like, hearing I, – I listened to Dan and Layla after the the Jerry Reinsdorf press conference, and what a shit show. Like, everything that you have ever thought about Jerry Reinsdorf as an owner was on display. He's out of touch. He doesn't know baseball, at least baseball in 2023. He relies too much on people who work inside of his organization. He is cheap. And he wants the easiest path, the easiest. Like the idea that they're going to turn this thing around in a year and with knowing that he's not going to give the resources to Chris Getz, that if you wanted to make that your thing, you could. It's so ridiculous. But like I said, I'm not going to I'm not gonna go, because I know that Dan's going to ask me about it, and I'll have some thoughts on it. But just know that I was watching this stuff from afar and laughing. And I, I will say this. I had a conversation. Maybe I'll try and convince Dan that we should talk about this on the air. I had a conversation with a couple friends of mine that are White Sox fans, and it was – like a hypothetical, if the White Sox were to leave for Nashville, like what would you do? And I immediately said, I think I'm out. Like I'm not going to be rooting for the Nashville Sox or the Charlotte Sox. I think I've become a baseball agnostic. I'll just keep waiting until a team pops back up in Montreal. And then one of my friends was like, well, what about the Cubs? I'm like, I, I got no beef with them. I think it'd be weird for me at this point to jump over there, but if they were the only team in Chicago and I rep Chicago pretty hard, you know, that they would be, let's put it this way. I'm not sure that they would be my choice, but they would be on the list. And I, I went through every team with one of my friends who's a Sox fan. And she was like, Nope, Nope. Can't root for them. Won't root for them. And at the end of it, you're just stuck with like, Oh, I could be a Seattle Mariners fan. (laughs) Can't root for any of the teams in the Central. The White Sox are out here trying to be the Royals for some strange reason. Oh, God. Anyway, real quick on the Cubs, because I do want to make some mention. It's fun watching what they've done, man. As we record this, they're 10 games over 500. And I don't know if anyone thought that they were going to play that type of baseball. Like, they legitimately have a shot at being, you know, a 90-win team. And who would have thought that? Who would have thought that that would be the case with them? I'm in love with Dansby Swanson's game. My guy, Mick Gillespie, who who uh, does Cubs minor league stuff, and he's big Bama guy, roll tight. We were talking about it. I was on his podcast, like one of the things I did on my vacation. And he's so smart, man. He's just a smart player. I love watching the decisions that he makes, both as a fielder, as a base runner. He just gets it, and it's it's easy to root for a guy like that. I guess, you know what, I'm not going to give up yet. I'm, I'm not going to acquiesce to the Nick Madrigal stuff just yet. 
Let's see how the playoffs go. But I will say, and and I said this when the trade happened, I thought the Cubs had more opportunity to get more out of Madrigal than the White Sox did because of where the White Sox were in their winning window. I can't believe that he's playing third base as much as he's playing third base, and it still makes me uncomfortable how many steps he takes to take to make throws from third base, and I feel like at some point it's going to cost the Cubs, but it hasn't so far. They seem to be right. Andy Green has put a lot of faith in in developing Nick Madrigal, and they seem to be getting it right, and I'm going to probably end up being wrong about this. But he's still a below 700 OPS, and they still have to have these really weird situational things with him where it's like, well, we know he's not going to hit the ball in the air, so he should bunt it instead of just having a player in there that you you think has a chance to actually get a hit and not just because they put the ball in play. Now let's talk Bears real quick. I'm excited for the season to start. This that last week was excruciating like for a for a football fan, for a Bears fan, it's excruciating there isn't another um preseason game take a look at I have concerns and my concerns are that the Bears didn't do enough in preseason to get things moving along I hope that I'm wrong about that I feel that Justin Fields should have done more in the preseason and I think the the Bears are putting a lot of faith in those practices that they had against the Indianapolis Colts a lot of faith and I, for one, wouldn't feel as faithful. I'm glad to see that they went and tried to get some offensive line help, but it does make you question whether or not Ryan Poles is good at talent evaluation. We don't know the answer to that yet. People think we do, and he's people out here calling him King Poles and all this other stuff, but I do think there are still some questions that need to be answered. And we'll see how the we'll see how the offensive line comes about and whether or not Fields is good. And watching Jordan Love, it's just preseason, so I'm trying not to get too crazy with that. But man, if he's good, <laughs> can you imagine? Can you like don't imagine? It's just gonna make you mad. But yeah, I spent the week at home. Everything was cool. I had a great time. I had a whole Hyde Park day where I just went to the point and sat at the point for like 90 minutes and I kind of had it to myself. And it was nice like on Friday how clearly people bounced from the city and you had the city kind of to yourself Friday. So I I was able to, to go do some stuff and be some places. And for all the score listeners... Uh, that understood the the tweet, and for those of you who don't, by the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes. <laughs> I went to Top Golf on Saturday, you know, by the I eighty eight corridor. <laughs> Where the Bears are going to be playing because there's room because that's all what all of our Naperville people say. There's room by the Top Golf in the I eighty eight corridor. 
So I was out there at the I-88 corridor and had a really good time playing Top Golf. Oh, man. And then I came back and I went to the comic book store. I know this is just my travel log, and you're like, that's enough, Lawrence. Uh, and I had a great time. I spent $150 in the comic book store. You want to know how a man is on vacation? That's how you know. I'm on this Doctor Doom kick because I'm wondering if they're, if Marvel's way out of the Jonathan Major situation is to just have Doctor Doom show up of the Council of Kangs and destroy everybody and then start over. So I'm reading some some classic Doom stuff from Secret Wars and uh, Iron Man and that sort of stuff. But yeah, man. Oh, and here's the... If you have not checked out Who Is No One, that is the name of the comic book. Uh, my buddy Kyle, who I, I did Radiant Black with, he is doing that book. It is phenomenal. And there's a true crime podcast that goes along with it that Patton Oswalt is doing. So you need to check that out for sure. So that's it. I'm good. I'm good to go. Um, I think I'm okay. You know, there's there's been a couple of like I changed medicines over the last few months, and I'm still kind of getting used to the the routine with this new med. And honestly, like I don't like I'll just tell you because we family. Um, and I've told my doctor this, so I'm not like putting anyone on blast. Like, I feel like it's a net negative from what I was doing before, but the drugs I was on before were chemotherapeutic drugs, and they're kind of dangerous to your liver and everything else so getting off of them is not a bad thing but my day-to-day I would say is a slight like net negative from where it was six months ago so I'm working through that and trying to do some of the holistic stuff that'll help like doing yoga swimming uh, engaging in like blood flow to my digestive system in most cases I'm trying to eat a little bit better but god I love food and it's one of the great things about life right but I'm I'm trying to do all of that stuff to make sure that I can be here and hang out longer. I do have some news as it pertains to the football season and, like, what I'm going to be doing. But it hasn't been announced yet. So I don't know if I'm in safe harbor to talk about it. So I'm not going to talk about it. But I wanted to let you know that when everything becomes public, I'll talk about it. It's a little bit of a change, and I'm. at first I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, and now I'm kind of excited about it for a lot of different reasons that don't really have a lot to do with the Bears. It has more to do about work-life balance. But when we get there, I'll do a whole pod on the whole thing. Cool? Cool. Thank you so much for listening. I know that this was just like a big old stream of consciousness that I was doing today. But I appreciate you coming along for the ride. And I know that I haven't posted in a while, but that is going to change. Football season, there's going to be a lot more posts. Um, big thanks to the Sports Adjacent guys. Like Their their pods have been great and have really been kind of holding up the network. So I appreciate them. Thanks to Joe Kilgallen for his work on the Cubs pod, which has been excellent as well. Go through the catalog. There's some fun stuff in there. I will talk to you next time. All right.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.